0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love.
2: I'm Lewis Monsma and you're listening to the Stacey West podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the episode 231 of the Stacy West podcast. We keep racking up the numbers and getting older and older. I am your host Gary. Um, and I am joined this afternoon, or this morning, or this evening, depending on when you're listening, by uh, by Mr. Charlie Beeston. How are you doing, my man? I'm all good. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Or good night. Is that something Alan Partridge used to do? It's about Who? Alan, Alan. Alan, what? You don't mean? <laughs> I'm that. Ju- I know. I'm taking the bit. <laughs> Going to say you'd better not mean that because otherwise it would be we'd be saying goodbye to Charlie on the podcast. <laughs>
2: I think you seem to say that every time that we record, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) You seem to to threaten
1: to kick me off. Yeah, exactly. You (laughs) threatened to kick me off that many times last time. (laughs) You're a volatile handful, and that's exactly what the (laughs) listeners want. Well, me and Chris found plenty to disagree about um, on on the podcast Mm. on Thursday, so hopefully you and I will disagree about a few things as well. Um, But it's hard not to agree that we are slightly excited If not trying to keep our feet on the ground by the start. And we'll jump straight into it. We normally have a little bit of banter and all that sort of stuff, but let's get straight into it. We're doing two podcasts a week. Um, People want to listen about football. And the one thing that you really want to do after a 3 0 win is relive it. Uh, And so we are going to relive Lincoln City's 3 0 win against Blackpool. I think he called them Blackpool Rovers for some reason. (laughs) That was kind of where my mind immediately went. The way you said Blackpool there, yeah, by Blackpool, yeah. it was almost like I was warming up. Like Blackpool, yeah. wonders I wonder what a, what, what would was it? What would be a suitable um, kind of suffix for Blackpool? Do you think Blackpool Rovers? I feel like, like Rovers. I always think- but then, are we just saying that because of Blackburn? And yeah, you see, the one thing I always think about teams that are just one name. Mm. I kind of think, what are you trying to be? You're trying to be like Pele? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, we're too good for a surname. <laughs>
0: Yeah, say, yeah, yeah,
2: they kind of need something else, don't they? Just yeah, you wouldn't. Blackpool
1: need... FC, it's just not. Yeah, I mean, to to all Blackpool fans, I hope we're not offending you by saying that your name needs something. It just it just doesn't hurt, does it? You well, it needs it needs, it needs goals, doesn't it? But that's... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well they needed a striker and obviously um, they they found one and he was relatively ineffective. effective but We're not here to talk about Blackpool, <laughs> however you choose to talk about uh, uh, to mention their name. We're here to talk about Lincoln City. Um, it was a changeable afternoon in terms of the weather. So I left in bright sunshine. I got soaked in rugby. I walked to the pub in sunshine. I came out and got soaked. It was on and off, on and off. And I felt that our first half performance was like that. And and what we normally do here is break down the first major incident, which was the the goal on seven minutes. And off airs, Charlie's gone. Well, I spotted something after two minutes. Um, <laughs> so we'll hand over to Charlie. You because you you told me you, you didn't feel nervous at any point after the second minute. Well, okay, okay, maybe that's a bit
2: extreme. But the uh, the Sorensen had a shot in the second minute, but there was something before that. They had a chance, and it kind of came. It was a counter-attack from us that led to the Sorensen shot. But their attack was, uh, well, I say attack, it was a very loose meaning of the word. But they tried breaking the ball into the box. Uh, The ball then kind of ricocheted up into the air. I think it was off uh, Jacko, Ricocheted up into the air. And then Sorensen nodded it down to Hamilton, who then played the ball back to Sorensen, who then played the ball back to Hamilton, and then they managed to go out. But there was like three or four just little consecutive passes, really short passes, that whilst they had pressure from the Blackpool attack, and it, it just kind of oozed the confidence that we've spoken about Ethan Aaron having, and we'll, we'll move on to the confidence that, that that man's got a bit later on, I'm sure. But the fact that the players were able to just be so confident on the ball in our defensive third was really reassuring. Um, and it did then ease away so many nerves from myself. And then obviously
1: by seven minutes they were evaporated almost. but Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you say that. I've just looked at the the, the passing numbers and the, the kind of relationships building between one or two of the players. And obviously mm. most of our passes are exchanged across the back four, uh, the back five rather. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that. So yeah, seven minutes in. We have already conceded a decent chance then. Callum Connolly, a, a centre-back, inexplicably being paid played at left mm. wing back by Neil Critchley to zero effect but he got into a decent position volleyed over mm-hmm. i thought we were in for a long afternoon and i i disagree a little because i actually didn't feel all that comfortable in the first sort of 7 minutes which isn't a long <laughs> while to feel uncomfortable um and then there's the 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 goal so looked look to looked at it back oliver norburn is a seasoned professional at this level mm-hmm. you know he's a footballer who would grace 90% of the teams in this division, he would be fighting for a place in our first team. I don't think he'd get one with Ethan Rahan and Ethan Hamilton, but he would be fighting for a place in the first team. That him and Oliver Casey have been pressed and hassled into giving the ball away yeah. in a in a golden position. And he's, you know what, it's Danny Mandrew. And people, I see sometimes Danny Mandrew gets a little bit of criticism for being, the, you know, he's all flicks and tricks, but he's a hard worker. And he worked in a good double press with Ben House to win the ball. And then he played a great ball through that I've just done a League One podcast and I've talked about the tackle from um, Marvin Ek- Ekpiteta. And what on earth is he thinking? Because he's, he's like, and I, I said this on the League One podcast, so if you listen to both podcasts, first of all, honestly, I think you should have had enough of me by now, but secondly, apologies <laughs> for the repetition. He's what happens when you're playing FIFA and you press the, 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 the slide tackle button by accident, yeah. Because he came in from nowhere. Yes. It's I I
2: watched it, I watched it back again uh, about about half an hour ago while I was setting up for this. And it just looked like it was in slow motion. He's just sliding in. And Ben House, he he, he just looks like he stops, turns around, sees him coming and then goes, All
1: right, then I'll have that. I'll have that. It,
2: <laughs> yeah. And I I see I saw one comment, and I'm not gonna get bogged down in uh sort of too many fan opinions, but I saw one comment that kind of says, "Oh yeah, Benhouse. Benhouse has definitely won that." Look, he has, but he didn't exactly have to do anything to win it. It was it, he's been slid straight into like like the defender had just slipped straight over. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name uh, because I will mess it up.
1: Thank but was,
2: yeah, that um, it, it was just unbelievably poor. And quite frankly, if that was our defender, we'd well we want him bench for the next three matches. Well, here's an, here's
1: the interesting thing for me. Uh, he wasn't booked. No, and I just I think it was a clumsy challenge. I think if that mm. happens anywhere else in the on the pitch, he gets booked. Yeah, but you know, I, I, to be fair, Martin Coy, the referee, I thought was was spot on all afternoon. I thought mm-hmm. he had a really really good game, and that's not just because he gave his two penalties. So, <laughs> so yeah, Stonewall penalty, mm-hmm. City put it away. I mean, you you you'd back Danny mandroy over. Almost anybody I can think of in history for taking a penalty with Lincoln. I mean, Matt Reed was pretty good with penalties. John O'Kindy, you would never back him, and he scored almost every one. But I mean, I know Mandroya <laughs> missed one in pre-season against. He did. I want Boston. to say Harrogate, Boston. Was it, was it no, not the Boston He scored one against Boston. Oh, he scored. Oh, it was the Kings Lynn one. Then the, the Kings Lynn one, one. That's yes. right. He missed and yes. then and then scored from the rebound. Um, confident penalty. I mean, I, I thought their keeper actually that's a great method to try and save one. He was you know, he was in all parts of the goal. Yeah, I mean, and then yeah. it was actually straight down the middle. I didn't feel confident after that, Charlie, like you did. Because the first thing I thought was, there's 83 minutes to go here. <laughs> and and, and that's, that's the pessimist in me. And I'm thinking well. back to the playoffs. 83 minutes against Blackpool.
2: Yeah, well, one well, yeah. yeah. Now, part of the reason I felt more confident was because... We, when I did the preview with the Blackpool fan on Thursday evening, I was also then uh, on their podcast and I sat in the their whole podcast and I listened to the, to the three lads on there talking um, sort of about about their chances and they were really, really pessimistic. They said they were saying things like, we can get the ball, we start getting towards a channel and then people just turn around and pass backwards. And it, actually, CJ Hamilton had a much better game, I thought, than what they were expecting him to have. Not saying he had a great game, but he had a much better game and a much more attacking game than what they were giving him credit for for the past three matches. Obviously, I didn't see those 3 nil nil draws. So this may have been an anomaly or an improvement, however you want to call it. But it was the fact that they weren't expecting anything that actually made me more comfortable. The only slight thing is that they they did turn around and say that, oh, us going one or two goals down may be the making of us. And, yeah, if they created chances, we'll get on to them. They definitely did have their chances in the game. They'd already had one by that point. But in terms of clear-cut chances where they could
1: or should have scored, realistically, I can only think of the one. Yep. Well, first of all, I agree 100% about CJ Hamilton. I thought he mm-hmm. was their major threat. And that big yep. crossfield ball was causing us problems early doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Jack Boras had a little bit of a torrid time in that first half. Um, I mean, he was done for pace by CJ. He was done a couple of times in the air. Uh, there was a moment, I think, from a, a, a cutback where he, he he kind of lost his man as well. So nice. I, he recovered well and he showed that he's got the right mm-hmm. mentality because small, I've seen players, Sean Rowan last season, after a couple of kind of dodgy moments, would often kind of shrink back into his shell. Mm. So fair play to Boris. But I thought CJ Hamilton was their major threat. I thought after the penalty, it was a bit of a nothing game. Um, and Um we had in that first half I think three shots two on target, well one of those was the penalty our XG was 0.8 a penalty 0.75 we literally offered nothing after the penalty until the second goal but neither did Blackpool eight shots, one on target but they had 67% possession they, Blackpool to me were what MK Don's were two years ago all mm. possession no purpose, all thrust yeah. No squirt. Yeah, and
2: I think... So it kind of reminded me a lot, actually, of the first half of the Wickham home game, where neither team were actually showing anything then. If it wasn't for the penalty, we'd have been going into the 39th minute, nil-nil, and not really showing anything, waiting for half-time to come, and then hoping that we'll be able to make some tactical changes early in the second half if they were needed. But, obviously... We had the penalty, we had the lead, we didn't need to go rushing into making any changes, not like we did away at Northampton, because we've made that mistake once already this season. And I didn't think Kennedy was going to do that. But we definitely weren't dominating even even off, you know, out out of possession, like we were against Knox County, where yes, they had all of the ball, but we were still dominating the game in an out-of-possession sense. And I know Kennedy very much made a point in his post-match press conference of talking about the out of possession play that uh, we were doing. And and it was absolutely fantastic. So it was kind of a bit of a a shame that we weren't able to take quite as much of a control of the game. But again, I wasn't that worried because it's not like they were either. And, you know, like, like you said, they were having the ball, but they weren't doing much with it. They didn't really seem to have a way through us. So it was then just about waiting for a, Good piece of quality from either side, and it came from us to to then get the second goal of the game.
1: Yeah, I think you're right about the control, and I think a lot of that was the two setups. They had the three men in the centre mm-hmm. midfield in Dougal, Dougal Morgan, and um, Norburn, and and we had Arahan and Hamilton. So when we got on the ball, quite often we were turning around facing you know a, a, a yeah. bank of black shirts, and it was hard to get out, which is why a lot of our you know our, our major passing relationships, so to speak, were actually across the back three. Mm-hmm. And it was only then Arahan picking up from those that, that kind of allowed us to break out a little bit. And, um, and then we, we got the break. And look, I think it's classic Lincoln City. And I think it's Mark Kennedy's approach. I don't think it's something he will ever admit because it's not a fan pleaser. But our approach really is we'll stay rigid, we'll be hard, kind of mm-hmm. standing there, come and beat us. And then when you throw a punch and there's a gap, bang, we, we put one on. And that's exactly what we did because it was a swift break up field. Danny Mandrew, beautiful little flick. And he had been relatively quiet since the press for the penalty. He'd been relatively quiet. And then it's mm. just that delicious little flick. And we've got a few of those tricks. I mean, I mentioned off air, there was a, a moment where Rico Hackett megged the defender. And I, I turned mm. to my mate and said, I could just see Jay from the in-between as going, he's made you look a right mug there. Mate. <laughs> um, so we, and Arahan's picked it up. And it's one of those, I remember Bolton, I think it was, a couple of weeks ago where TJ mm. Hamilton uh, TJ Hamilton TJ Omer <laughs> found himself on the edge of the area like through no fault of his own kind of like he just kept going forward and no yeah, I near mean, him. He just And and that was the Around. But mm. Michael Horton on the way home, I heard he was going on about the run from Ben House to draw one defender away. But Rico Hackett was on the other side as well. And it was just mm-hmm. like it parted and he got to a point where he, he had no choice but to shoot. Egg Patetta who's Adam Mare you know there's not a lot he can do but he's he's kind of turned his back on the shot a little bit i don't even think it was going in um but it's you know 2-0 and then you could you're comfortable and confident then aren't you
2: yeah 100% and and this is this is very much it because Aaron got the ball and I reiterate what you said that man draw you flick on was was a thing of beauty you, you say that he was quite quiet and and he was because Realistically, all of the front three were quiet in that kind of space from minute eight through to minute forty. Well, even through to minute forty-five. But what we've got in our team now, in in the likes of Mandzukic, in the likes of Aaron, in the likes of Rico, and realistically to a man, they've all got that quality that within a second they can turn they can turn the game around. Um, and like I said, that little flick and then the run. The, the um, Blackpool defenders clearly had the task of cutting, off, cutting out the passing lanes, stopping stopping the balls going through to Howe, stopping the balls going through to Rico. Obviously Manjoya was already behind Ethan at this point. And Ethan then just keeps on running. Like you say, it parts. Alright, I'll have a shot then. <laughs> and again, it just shows a level of quality that yeah, okay, maybe he rode his luck a little bit getting the deflection. Maybe it was off target beforehand. I'm not 100% sure. But in that scenario, you may as well shoot. And we've got the players who clearly have confidence on the ball at the minute. He's obviously got the confidence to run through the whole team. He's then got the confidence to hit a shot. And it kind of reiterates the really good place we're in on the pitch at the minute. And I'm not saying that we're going to go out and start winning every single match of the next, you know, the final 41 games. But we've got the confidence
1: that we're at least going to show something in each of these matches. Yeah, I agree. And I think look, Blackpool fans are not happy. I get that. Um, they had a really good chance, which I think Hamilton got the better of Burrs, and he he ended up shooting over. My my question mark: If I'm a Blackpool fan, I want to know why on 27 minutes he's taken Lavery off for Rhodes, because it didn't look like there was an injury. I
2: so, so I obviously had the audio commentary whilst I was watching the game yesterday, and they they did make a comment that it looked like he was uh, rubbing his hamstring a minute before he then got subbed off. And, and then, then obviously he when, happy he, when right, he came off, then it? he went right, right down the tunnel. But then is that just him not being happy because he's having to come off because of an injury?
1: Could be, yeah, it yeah. could be. But I'm not, I'm not sure. But it's it's a possibility. So he made he makes that change on 27 minutes at halftime. I mean, it, it was a drastic change at halftime, but it was like for like at halftime as well, wasn't it? And that's what yeah. made me question. It's like it's almost Critchley going. I I believe in what I'm doing. You're just doing it wrong. And that's where he made the changes. And actually, I thought the second half was completely different. I thought we were just about second best in the first half. And when you 2-0 up and you come away saying, well, probably on the balance of play, it deserves to be level. That's making some, some statement. Um, Then I think in the second half, they probably had five minutes when they first came out. And then after that, I just thought it, it was just not a Lincoln City masterclass, but, you know, we took control of the game and we yeah. were never really in any, any trouble at all.
2: Yeah, it was it was then more reminiscent of the out of possession away at Notts County, where actually we were dominating without having the ball. And that's very much what it seemed like. And and then, obviously, we then had a change in shape later on ourselves. And it kind of, again, just talks about that, that level of squad depth that we've now got to be able to make any of those changes to go like for like against the Blackpool to go and try and uh, press against weaknesses that they're already showing because by sixty minutes in a game you can see where the weaknesses are and especially like you said considering they went like for like time with their th- three substitutions, they. Critchley obviously has his plan and he believes in his plan. It's not really working so far. Whether it will and uh, whether they'll turn it around is yet to be seen. But it was something that the Blackpool fans that spoke with last week very much said Critchley does not he's stubborn. And one of them actually specifically likened it to a former manager of ours, uh, which I found rather interesting. So
1: Tilson, he was stubborn. I was the, the, Jackson, Appleton. he was Jackson. Appleton was stubborn. Appleton yeah, we've had a few stubborn it. managers. Yeah. Chris Sutton. Chris Sutton. Oh no, that wasn't that's Nobed. Sorry, I always get stubborn and Nobed mixed up. Um <laughs> I, I, yeah, look, no, the thing is that you know, for everything that Blackpool were, not Lincoln City were, and they still had good players on the pitch. Jordan Rhodes might be 33, but he's got 230 career goals. Mm. Sean Rowan and, and and the defence dealt with him superbly. I thought it, we got a real grasp in midfield in the second half. I thought the changes they made made them visibly weaker. Um, they they yeah. brought, uh, I think, Owen Dale on, who I do quite like. Sonny Carey didn't really get into the game. And we didn't we had we didn't need to make the changes. And the thing is, all they did they threw the dice, and we went well. Let's see what that have what that how that affects us. And it didn't affect us. No. And we were able to then grow back in, into the game. We made our changes. Then we made the shape change as well to a three five two, which I think having that, and we've seen it hinted at before. We we went three five two against Shrewsbury under Michael Afton a couple of years ago, and it was really mm-hmm. bad because we were playing two strikers who were exactly the same in Marquis and Hopper. Um, but under Mark Kennedy, I think we've seen more often now with the players that we've got that we can adequately go to a two up top mm. and you can play Walker and House, but you can play House and Hackett or you can play Walker and Mandroy who can play there or you can bring Dylan Duffy. So actually, we, we've got quite a, a, a complex set of players to be mm. able to work into a three-five-two. So we did that and I thought that gave us the um, a little bit more impetus driving through the centre when we brought Ted on. And that leads to the goal. Now I, I can't remember who played the ball to Tyler Walker. But it's a good ball forward. Walker wins the flick-on. Uh, and then Ben House, not blessed with pace. Ben, you, you can't call him a quick, a quick striker. Uh, but he's kept the he's he's held off his defender, he's kept some some mm-hmm. kind of space, and okay, maybe should have finished the first one if you've been super critical, but then absolutely just waited for the yeah, we could see it was it was it was it was the stupidest foul of the afternoon. And given oh, yeah. that I've just likened one of them to somebody keeping their finger on the button on FIFA, <laughs> that really says something. It, it was just unbelievably put And the thing is, is there's there's no need
2: to do it at that point. You're two nil down. Realistically, the game was already getting away from you. Uh, you know, I, I get two nils a heck of a lot easier to come back in the last ten minutes as sorry against Northampton than what three nil is. But there's still no need to do it. I'm just going to question the red card, though, because he got a straight red. Yep. Denying a goal scoring opportunity. Right. So-, so, so
1: the double jeopardy rule is mm. if you commit a foul where you yeah. are genuinely trying to get the ball, gotcha. a penalty and a yellow card is the double jeopardy. You shouldn't yeah. be punished twice. Whereas if you were making no attempt to play the ball, which he didn't, he's just pulled it yeah. back. Gotcha. That's a red card.
2: Yeah, it's always one of those things that's a Because I assumed yesterday, because I I didn't see it exactly from where I was when the cards are being handed out, I assumed it was a second yellow and then a red. But then, obviously, watching watching it back today and having a look online, I saw it was a straight red. So I was a bit bit concerned. But no, definitely, definitely worthy of the red card. Um, I'm not definitely not going to question that. Like you say, it was just pointless. And then Ted Bishop. Um, you know, with with Danny Mandroy not on the pitch, there was obviously the, the thing between Walker and Bishop as to who was going to take it. <sighs> I'd have maybe have liked to talk see. About that. Go
1: on. I want to talk about that. Yeah. Go on. What were you going to say? Because I, I, I was going to, going to say,
2: yeah, I would have liked to see Walker get it because we've to, to take it because we've said that I think when Walker gets the one, it's going to give him a good boost, and I feel like it could have been the opportunity for that.
1: I absolutely agree I think the correct thing in that to do in that moment was Mm -hmm. to give the ball to Tyler Walker and let him take the penalty Mark Kennedy post-match had an interesting comment when he said Danny Mandroyo and Tyler Walker have been taking penalties and we agreed if Danny was on the pitch he's the penalty taker there was no mention of Ted now I'm not going to criticize Ted because he's been excellent the last couple of weeks Mm -hmm. when he's coming on he got his goal last week or two weeks ago you know he's, he's I don't think he needed to take it, and I think Tyler needed it, and it yeah. was interesting watching the moments afterwards because when Ted scored that, in my mind, the correct thing to do is him and Tyler to celebrate together to show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Instead, Ted ran off to take the adulation from the six-one-seven, and all the mm-hmm. players followed him, and there was just a little fist bump between him and Tyler as, as the move burned down. Now, I don't think there's not an issue. But I, I think Tyler should have taken that penalty. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that would have
2: been better for the whole squad as a yes. whole. I can kind of see, I wonder whether Ted's kind of trying to prove himself. Because obviously the comments last week after Shrewsbury were, and, and it was spoken about on the podcast as well with you and Chris, of actually Ted is maybe better off as a player that comes off the bench for 30 minutes every game. Maybe, obviously, he doesn't want to be that and wants to be more. So, is it, was it a, not a stat pad per se, but a, okay, well, look, let me just show off what I can do. And it's Tyler's obviously, <laughs> well, this, yeah, but it, that's the sort of thing that may have been going through his mind. And it also, a slight credit to Tyler then, because he's obviously allowed it to happen. I'm not saying that they would have started having fisticuffs in the penalty area as to who's going to take it, but Tyler's obviously been the bigger person. So, yep, yeah, you go ahead, you go ahead, you're fine, do it. So
1: didn't we see it last year? Between Max Sanders and somebody. I think we've had that we had this discussion oh, on the podcast last did. season. There was there was a game, and
2: I'm not gonna even try and pretend I remember the game.
1: Of course, Charlie, I do remember it very clearly. Uh it's firmly edged on my <laughs> memory. Okay, okay, I'll break I'll break the fourth. I'll break that. So we've just actually had a little edit so that we could go back and double check. So I'm not going to pretend to be brilliant, but it was Max Sanders on the last game of last season where him and Harry boys played rock mm-hmm. paper scissors for the penalty and then um, Sanders missed it. That was it, the rock and,
2: paper scissors. And I, yes.
1: I, yeah, I, I, I just think the way that Mark Kennedy spoke suggested to me suggested to me that it was Tyler Walker's the second penalty taker. And I think that needs to be a little bit a little bit clearer. But it doesn't matter because no disrespect there meant to Ted because I thought Ted had a good game again when he came mm-hmm. on. He has scored the penalty. Fair enough. If he's missed the penalty, you can be critical, but he's scored it. So yeah, we've seen a million and one times where two players want a penalty and one of them takes it. Ted's taken it, he's improving um kind of week by week. His fitness yep. is growing. Maybe he needed it. Maybe he needed the the lift mm-hmm. as well. Tyler Walker will score goals for us. I just yeah, I think Tyler looks like a confidence player to me. I think when he gets one, he'll get a couple. Yeah. Um, but can I just point out, there was a chance that we had in the second half and it was um, Rico Hackett just missed a, a stab at the back post and it was Danny Mandroyu cross. Oh. That, what a ball. That what cross
2: ball was, that he was stood right in front of me when he took it, it and was, it was the way he brought it back onto his right foot yeah, and just swung that in and the defenders just stood there didn't even try to defend it, just stood there as if to say,
1: oh. uh-huh. I think they were just okay. as
2: in awe about
1: it as what we were.
2: It was, it was, in, in the, it was
1: incredible. It was in the perfect channel between keeper mm-hmm. and, um, and, and defense. And yeah, Rico has actually reacted quite well because yeah. I don't think any of it. I mean, that's, that's a pass that grace is a premier league ground uh, pitch. And um, I get excited about Danny Mandroyu because in terms of his skill, he's every bit as good as George Grant as Mm -hmm. pete again he's he's just an artist and if he you know the the longer he plays for us i mean he got what the assist yesterday he got technically an assist for a penalty that won't count but he's got an actual assist yesterday what did he get a goal and two assists when we won three nil at home the other week i mean honestly the the boy's on fire what's that and he's he's joint top he's joint top
2: assister in the league at the minute with three
1: so, there so. you go. So, he's, he's three assists, one goal in the league already. Mm-hmm. Absolutely superb. Half an hour in um, and we still haven't moved on from Shrewsbury. So, <laughs> I I just, I I made a mention in my right-up. I just wanted to mention him again as well. I thought Shaw Rowan was outstanding.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I thought
1: he played really well. Uh, I, I mean, nobody, nobody was bad, but...
2: No, I very much agree. And I'd also just like to mention Alex Mitchell. I thought he looked comfortable when coming on. He, he
1: got himself into the game well there was a moment where he kind of looked like he flicked the ball up and over his head and it was all a little bit schoolboy's own stuff. It's like, who's this? How, how have we brought on Pele at the back? <laughs> he was just trying to show off, wasn't he, first? Uh, oh, he re- his, his anyway reminds debut. me a bit of. He, he reminds me of like, you know, these like young grime artists, white grime artists who come through like that. Is there a guy called H or something like that? Is it a letter H or something? I don't know. He, re- he looks like that. He looks sure. like any minute now he's going to start breaking out into a wrap and he's got gold chains and he's dripping in Gavinci or whatever. Um, That's what happened so, yeah. when have
2: been up in Scotland for the past
1: year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to be a big addition. Mm. So Lincoln City win 3-0 against Blackpool. That Blackpool Rovers, I he said again there. Um, I don't know why I've got that in my head. Uh <laughs> I don't look at the league table, but if I did, it would probably tell me we were fourth, two points behind the leaders, Oxford, who somebody on this podcast tipped to be um, promotion contenders and somebody on this, me, by the way, Charlie. um, um, Yeah, it was me. And they will continue (laughs) to be. That game in two weeks time, a massive early season Mm. um, clash of two teams that people thought were dark horses. And obviously yeah. we've got to get Joey Barton out of the way. We've got another game before that, which we're going to preview first in, in a bit. But on Friday, I went to walk my dog around Donington on Bain and Biscathorpe And there's a lovely walk you can do. And when I got back, I got a voice note and it was just, it was a, somebody from the club explaining to me why I would be fielding questions about 1.1 million pounds over <sighs> the next 24 hours. So, company's house obviously when there's a major input and shares and all that sort of stuff shows um, when money has been put into the football club money has been put into the football club 1.1 million pounds from the jabara family um, which is my understanding is it's planned investment it's part of the company uh, part of the the club's um, budgeting structure we were expecting it it was um, it, it's not been put into to plug a gap it's not been put in to buy a player it's just coincidental that we happen to have put it in just before the end of the transfer window. Um, what it actually does is, it, I think, it just speaks volumes about Harvey's uh, or the Jabara family. To, you know, to be fair, because they're obviously a, a, a tight knit group rather than an individual, um, but their ongoing commitment to the football club. And given when I remember their first commitment was a, a high three six figure sum, I think we were thinking kind of like quarter of a three quarters of a million or something. Yeah. This is pretty major. Yeah. Like you say, it
2: really just reiterates their commitment to the club. Um, and I think that's so much down to the way we are at the minute off the field. The fact that we've actually been able to attract them in and they've come in, they've committed, you know, like you say, a, a six figure sum. Uh, what was it last season, season before, and, and now wanting actively wanting to come and put in more. I, um, I, I have notification emails from company's house for Lincoln and, a holding company, so every time that money comes into the accounts, I I immediately get a notification, and I put it immediately then into the group chat when I saw it yesterday, and I and I put something along the lines of, "I'm sure this is just going to be to top up the club's coffers, but guarantee there'll be people talking about deadline day, and that that's what's going to happen because people get excited about money, they get excited." Think, didn't Ben say that straight away? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it was like, yeah, it was all, It was always going to be part of the planned budget. We know that we've got two to two and a half million that we have to plug each year from owners, from, let's be honest, kind of donations from the owners at this stage. You know, if we were to stay in League One for the next 10 years at the current rate, the owners are going to lose money year after year. But they're wanting to do this to try and push the club forward because... We are clearly a project that they have fallen in love with. And the fact that the Jabara family have clearly fallen in love with us is such a credit to the football club.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I respect Clive's judgment on anything because it's hard not to. Because Clive came into this football club when, despite the best efforts of good people, we were on our arse. The co-op bank had said they didn't want our business anymore. We, there wasn't a, a really clear way forward. Um, and whenever you change owner, there's always a big question mark. Whenever a new investment comes in, there's a big question mark. You only have to look at Scunthorpe United. You only have to look at teams you know, like that. Even teams like Charlton, mm-hmm. who have had new investment and stuff. And I think when the first when, when American investors were first floated, you kind of you can get a little bit worried knowing about what happens for, to the bigger clubs and and. Yeah. But that hasn't been. I mean, I, would, I was lucky. and Me and Ben and I were really lucky to be able to go out for a meal with Harvey and Missy uh, and, and the, the you know directors and people a couple mm-hmm. of years ago now. Um, and it just struck me how kind of honest and open and willing to learn at the same time. Kind of, I yeah. you know, was really keen to to just take in everything about the club. They're often over here. They're often at games. Mm-hmm. So it's a positive. And I'm not talking about the fact that seven figure money has gone into the club, that just that it's, I don't know, it's sustained, you know, sustained investment rather than a lump sum. Mm-hmm. We're not doing a Fleetwood. We? We're not doing a, you know, putting, throwing loads of money at a transfer window. But we have been aggressive in this transfer window. It's
2: not about the money for me. It's about the people that are putting the money in. And the people that are putting the money in are the right people and the money is right. So, It is, like you say, it's a real positive and I've got so much respect for uh, for the Jabaras and the fact that they're over here all the time. Um, For those that are attending the Fans Forum on Thursday night, I do believe, I I know they're over here for the uh, next weekend and I believe they'll be at the Fans Forum. Obviously, Clive's been over here for for, almost a month now and he's come to all the away games. Clive is one of the most approachable people that I've ever met in football. He will stand there in the away stand. He'll be stood having a having a pie or a drink or whatever in the concourse. And you can just go up and have a chat with him. And he'll come up to you and have a chat with you. And it's it's so, such a nice feeling when you know that your club is then in the right hands, knowing that these people are, like I said, the right people. And they're putting the right money in.
1: I do wonder if the pie that Clive would be eating is one <laughs> sponsored by Port Vale and etc. Or it could be from McDonald's. Speaking of which... Shall we take a moment to see if I'm trying to sell you some McNuggets? We'll be back in a moment. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter-pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? So just there, Charlie pulled me up and said, if McDonald's did pie, that would be the perfect segue. But um, as he then correctly pointed out, they do do apple pie. So Clive could have been <laughs> having a McDonald's apple pie. I don't actually know if that's the advert that you've just had. I don't know what adverts we do have, because um, I'd actually listen to the podcast once. I've, I've never heard a non-advert, an advert break that hasn't had a McDonald's ad from you in it. Excellent. So, Excellent stuff. There you go. Excellent <laughs> Now just to clarify we spoke about this on the podcast last time but we are going to go in heavy on it so we do now sponsor Ethan Arahan and that's because you're willing to listen to the McDonald's adverts so um that was done dusted signed sealed and delivered uh, last week so we are now proud away shirt sponsors of Ethan Arahan and the first thing he did once our sponsorship was confirmed was score a goal And I pointed out that back in 2018, we are selling the deranged ferret. I think if if people remember, we did the deranged ferret for a year in 2017-18. And we used the funds from that to sponsor Danny Rowe. And Danny Rowe then I think scored on either his debut or his second game as well. So (laughs) fingers crossed that we can get enough money together to sponsor a January transfer window signing. And he too may well score an early goal. Early goals might be what we need. This weekend, when we travel to Bramall, this week when we travel to Bramall Lane against Sheffield United in the Carabao Cup. Um, we are going to go to a interview that has yet to be conducted as we record this, but will have been conducted as you listen to it. Charlie, who are you speaking to this week, mate? So this week I am speaking to the
2: Red Half of Sheffield, a podcaster, obviously all about Sheffield United, that is actually run by a couple of lads out of the states. Um, so a couple of stateside Sheffield U fans, and this is what they had to say. You know, a bit of a rough start, an 89th minute loss. This week, uh, or an 88th minute loss this week, I do apologise. Or an 89th minute loss uh, last Friday night. Um, is is that kind of symbolic of the whole season? Is it is it been quite a poor start so far? Uh, obviously, touching on pre-season as well, considering it were only a few games in. But has it been quite a poor
3: season, or just that you've played
2: well but been unlucky?
3: Now, I will preface this, this question two ways. Mm-hmm. We, <clears throat> you know, after we got promoted from the Championship. Going up, you know, we've ha- having our best player, Illman, and die mm-hmm. having probably our second best player in Sanderberg, um, or Burge, however you say it, <laughs> he can yeah. piss off anyway. Um, <laughs> then we start preseason and start off okay, you know, mm-hmm. we knew that a, the, the lack for goals was going to be there, and then it then it starts bubbling up. Illman and die mm. is he gonna stay? Is gonna go? We. For three weeks to a month, we played this. Is he or isn't he? Isn't he? Isn't he? Is it blah 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 blah? Then he finally goes and pisses off to Marseille, to which he wanted to play Champions League football, and they're already out of the Champions League, so he should just stay with us. But, um, so we get we cash that deal in and it divides the fan base, and then Sanderberg goes mm-hmm. and that even more divides the fan base. Then we bring in um, a bunch of players that no one's really heard about, uh, Slomani, Anus Lamani, uh, Ben yeah. um Vinicius Souza, um, and everybody's scratching their head and like, we're not investing in any strikers. All in Coferne gets hurt. He did make a cameo appearance today against City. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it leaves our team very short in numbers. We did just recently, last week, um, prior to the Nutting Forest game, signed Gustavo Hamo. Hamo. I always call him that, Hamer. <laughs> From Co- Coventry City, yeah, and then um, a good player, uh, a great player. He he mm-hmm. actually scored in his debut for yep. United last week against Forest, and then this morning, early morning, prior to this game, uh, they announced Cameron Archer
0: mm-hmm. on
3: a permanent slash not really permanent, depending on if we get relegated or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he comes into to bolster our striking uh, striking room. Now, Palace, we were miles off. And we honestly lost that one nil, could have lost it five nil. Um, to be fair, we were, you know, we were a couple of chances away from actually oh. getting something out of that. The forest game, as you alluded to, you know, forest scored within the first three minutes of the game, then went, and we were the better team leading into the end of the first half and then coming out of the out of halftime. Got the goal, leveled it up, and then Chris Wood has a goal that I guess we didn't want to defend, lose (sighs) 2-1. And then we played the champions, and they go, you know, if you want to think somebody had some money on Er Erling Holland missing that pen, you probably would have cashed out. Um, And then Sitte, get their their goal. And then United honestly had a good spell, go and get their Mm -hmm. goal and then um 88th minute comes and we concede again to an absolute piss missile of a goal from Rodri and we lose so not the best start for united but if you if you ask everybody leading into this we ha- we don't belong in this league we right now we are a championship side playing in the prem we're we're i I wouldn't even say right now if we're in the championship i think we'd be probably about 18th to 24th i don't think we'd be very good in that league look at middlesbrough scoring i Mm. don't think we the the team that we have right now is isn't top half championship i'll i'll put it right now as of as of time of recording we're bottom half championship side because we're so far off but as i tell a lot of people in our podcast And we've almost all got to this, you know, we've come to this reality. Like, our side now is not going to be the side that finishes the season. We're probably going to approve. We still have have two Premier League loans that we can bring in. Mm -hmm. Hopefully one of them being James McAtee. Maybe Tommy Doyle, his counterpart. Maybe we just Mm -hmm. splash on those two city boys and bring them in. Who knows? I have no idea. But this team is going to change and evolve. And I look – more so past this Lincoln City game and I look more towards next weekend where we have Everton in the lunchtime kickoff. Because that as as it being the fourth game in the season, it's a relegation six-pointer, <laughs> any way you look at it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I it's something that I very much mentioned mentioned to you before recording and when we were talking earlier, that Everton game is probably more more um sort of important and realistically for, for those that haven't noticed obviously Sheffield United played today mm-hmm. we play our game on Wednesday night and then Sheffield United play again on Saturday lunchtime mm-hmm. so i mean in terms of turnaround you, there's you know it's a very very quick turnaround yep. so do you think that's going to affect the level of squad that you put out
3: uh i think i think it will um, mm-hmm. Affect affect the squad on Wednesday certainly, but honestly, there are some players that we've got to get some fitness in, and, and yeah. we've got to have a little bit of squad rotation. And plus, we don't have Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp. We play, we play well. We play at lunchtime. We played late on late on Wednesday, and then we play early kick kickoff on on lunchtime Saturday. No. Not good for not good for big six clubs, but we're. Is that a in-
2: Klopp impression or a Pep Guardiola? Was that uh, or was L- that L- just a f- mixture of both? Yeah, it was, it
3: was a mixture of both. <laughs> it, it's it's we're the minnows in this league, and we all know it. And it's it the yeah. the whole thing is is if we gripe about it, no one no one lays an ear on it. But if no. if if Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, Newcastle, if they lay if any other managers say oh well this is this is not this is unjust we you're making us play uh we our, our squad is not deep enough then the then the FA and the primary are like oh you know what well we'll grant you guys uh, we'll we'll move this fixture we'll move one of your fixtures further down the road and so you guys won't have we won't we won't put too much strenuous uh strains on your on your fixture congestion sorry we're sorry but chef United serve it up let's play a game every two days come on you guys what are you telling me you don't you don't have the squad that come on no one wants to hear that i'm sick and tired of this league i hate this league <laughs> i want to be back in the championship
2: well i don't think you'll be waiting too long for that 35 <laughs> no more games hi i'm sean ron and you're listening to the stacy west podcast
1: brilliant thank you very much for that charlie and for the uh for the guys for taking part really appreciate it now I uh, remember kind of 10 years ago, maybe, thinking Lincoln City never get to play Premier League teams. You could, I, I could count through the 90s, the Premier League teams that we played. Crystal Palace a handful of times, Everton, uh, potentially Southampton, I think, in the Coca-Cola Cup. And that was more or less it, I think, for Premier League teams. It was a big, big occurrence now well we have a Premier League team every season don't we in one competition or another we've had Everton we've had Liverpool we've had Arsenal we've had Southampton Burnley I actually think every season
2: since that FA Cup run we have had a Premier League side because is it then
1: Everton the year because we had Everton home and away in consecutive years so, who did we have in 2017 18 when we came out of the National League? That's the one I'm thinking. Was that the Everton away in the FA Cup
2: or was that the, was no, that the title Everton, winning season?
1: Everton away in the FA Cup was the title winning was, season. And then obviously and then Everton in, at
2: home was the first. Uh, in the League Cup was, was the next one. one. Yeah, it was. Yeah.
1: And then Liverpool was the next one. Then Southampton. So, I don't think we had anybody. Maybe not in 2017 18 then. No. No. We didn't because we went out the FA Cup early doors to Wimbledon. We went out the League Cup to Rotherham and we obviously won the Checker Trade Trophy. Technically, obviously, we played some under-21 teams that season. Yeah, we played
2: Chelsea Chelsea that season. So there
1: we go. 21s. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we get a lot of Premier League teams of late. You only get Premier League teams by progressing in cups. So it's not not a gimme. Um, Will there be, Charlie, a more winnable game against a premier league team than this right let me state my case why because i had this conversation with my dad uh on saturday mm-hmm. first of all they played on sunday against manchester city they played then on saturday again in the premier league i believe so two premier league games one of them a real massive test they have lost key players over the summer and mm-hmm they will be expecting probably to be active in the transfer market as you listen to this, in the hours after this, or in the hours before and after our our game. My dad said to me, yeah, but they're a Premier League side, so their B team or their reserves should be able to beat us. But they haven't made signings this summer. They haven't made 11 signings that are, are, are reserves for them. So actually, their reserve side, let's say, he's going to be players like and I don't know if he's there or not or gone but like the Willis Sula or the Daniel Jebbersons and people like that players who actually have been on loan in our division in the mm. past harry boys not there i know but that sort of level of player is likely to be part of their reserve team as well as kind of their 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 wider squad we saw with Burnley what happens when you put out a weaker side against Lincoln City you saw it with Southampton last year they beat mm. us but we were very close to that there's a massive parallel for me between this and the Southampton game I think it's winnable I don't think we will win it but I think it's winnable
2: yes you've, you've kind of just said everything that I was about to say about it 100% um, first of all you mentioned Willa Sula. Now, he was a player, I've got my notes sat with me from the podcast that me and Ben did that was straight after the draw. So the draw was the Wednesday night we did the pod on the Thursday. And one of the comments I made was, oh, um, you know, they may, if neither of them are out on loan, they may end up playing the likes of Willisula and Daniel Jemison against us. Again, players that have been at our level and hardly ripped up our our league. Now, Willis Sula is currently starting in the Premier League against Manchester City for them. He has been starting, he started every game started against uh, Forest last week and I, and I watched that game, the Sheffield United versus Forest. They are a side that their only plan is to just lump the ball into the middle of the penalty area and hope that they can score from it. It's, I was so, so disappointed with them as a side, which made me really pleased because they're the sort of team that I feel are going to actually play into our hands. So I'm re- really reinforcing the whole winnable game aspect. You mentioned Southampton. Southampton, I don't want to get bogged down in mentioning referees, but we would would have won that game if it wasn't for Jared Gillis. Or not just Jared Gillis, but the linesman last, se- last season. There was...
1: My mate Pete is going to be on to you. He's going to be on to you for that because he will say... I know, I know the game you're... will be different if... I, no. I, I... no. He's no, going to tell no. you that Pordy O'Connor was offside for our goal, so if... Their first goal doesn't stand. Our first goal doesn't stand. And yes, their then second there was also goal was the So it would there have been one or the we'd then have beaten them. So, yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Pete, I'll give you Charlie's number. You can you can ring him. rather than, Every time Pete listens to the podcast, by the way, he doesn't even bother waiting to the end for context. He will hear something he doesn't agree with. And I get a message and I'll message you back and he'll go, I haven't got to that bit yet. So... Yeah. Anyway, well, sorry. Carry on, Charlie. No, no. But that was,
2: that was a very winnable game and we gave, them, we gave them a really good game. And I think we're going to do the exact same thing on Wednesday night. You also mentioned the fact they're playing again on Saturday. They're, also, they're actually playing the lunchtime kickoff on Saturday as well. So they're having to go Sunday to Wednesday night to then lunchtime on Saturday. And that lunchtime on Saturday is against Everton, a team that they're going to be fighting for in a relegation battle, fighting against in a relegation battle. Everything on paper points to the fact that we are going to be able to go there and not lose by a comfortable margin. Not at all. Could I genuinely see us snatching a win? Honestly, yeah. I think it is doable. Could could I see us getting to something like a penalty shootout? Yeah. I don't think we lose by more than one goal. And I don't know whether that's just me being really optimistic. or what. We're going to put out a really strong squad. The fact that we made five substitutions yesterday... Shows that we're resting some players for Wednesday night. We've got an extra day's rest, as you've said. Everything, everything points to the fact that we're gonna we're gonna go out there and potentially get get something out of it. And we'll make changes. I think there would only be. A couple of like for like changes. The fact, something like a uh, Jaden Brown in for Jack Burrows. Something like uh, I was going to say a T.J. In, but no, I think I think the back three stays the same. Something like an Ali Smith or Ethan Hamilton, a, a Walker for House. They're one of those sort of like for like changes that actually don't t- take away too much out of the team. Are the only things I can see
1: happening. I think we make several changes personally. I think you'll play Alex Mitchell. I think you'll play mm. Ali Smith. I think he'll play Tyler Walker. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't another change somewhere in there as well, potentially Jaden Brown, because I think the way the League Cup is... He'll put a team out to win. Did we not say that about the game against Notts County, though?
2: And there was only one or two changes in that game?
1: I might have said that. Yeah, And Mm. I might have been wrong, because it does happen. It does happen. But I I just... With it being Wednesday and with us having having Bristol Rovers on Saturday, you're going to put that as a short. Yeah, cheers for that. Um, I think we then only have the Thursday, Friday before the Saturday as well. And Mm -hmm. I wonder if Mark Kennedy will only have a look at the the one game, but at the same time when we've had the start that we've had and Bristol Rovers is a winnable game a week on Saturday. We're not previewing that now, but it's winnable. They've not been doing well at all. They were beaten, I think, Mm -hmm. yesterday. They only scored in the last minute. There's there's a little bit of pressure on, and with Oxford, then actually two weeks away, which is going to be a big game. Mm. I I think that we will begin to use that squad, and I mean that it's actually impossible to preview this, and we've done a good job <laughs> of the last ten fifteen minutes because you know, you can look at Sheffield United's setup and go, oh well, they played three four three, so they play three at the back, and this player mm. might play and that player might play. Yeah, you know, we Willisula couldn't get in the Derby side, by the way, last no. season. He couldn't get a game for Derby County in our division. We were in with loan for loaning him. Mm. Um, he's actually the type of player that will probably thrive against the Lincoln City. Daniel Jeberson, who was on loan at Burton, yeah, a couple of years ago, he's yeah. the sort of player that 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 might enjoy it. But it's not when you say play a Premier League team. You think about Liverpool beating a seven-two or Everton with Richarlison and the four-two. The it's not that type of game. This is a you know a Southampton last season or something mm. like that. So. It's just really hard to um, preview.
2: With all due respect to Sheffield United, I don't see like I'm talking their squad this season. I'm not talking them as a club, but I don't see them as a Premier League side. I see them more of a no. Championship level, and and they'll admit that themselves. They know they're in turmoil. They've had off the field issues. They've not recruited well enough in the summer. They are favourites to finish in twentieth place in the Premier League. You know, I, I say that they are currently holding Manchester City to a 0 nil draw as it stands, but they they don't look like a squad that will scare us, and that's that's a good thing. But it's also a is that going to lure us into a sense of okay, yeah, you know, we'll make a few changes if we get something, we get something. If we don't, we don't. And actually, either way, we can be happy. We'll have taken three thousand fans to Sheffield. We'll have gotten the money, and it's not massive money. We've spoken about it before. But either way, it's it's a bit of a win-win for us.
1: Yeah, it is. I'd rather have this game now than fight through another couple of rounds and it gets to mm. Christmas and have to go to somewhere two days before Christmas and you know again like risk the squad a little bit, like exactly like yeah. Southampton. This yeah. is the league cup for me has always been get through your first round. So get through your Port Bales or your whoever's, your Doncasters, get the Premier League team in the next round, yeah. go and have your day. It would have been nice to have it at Cinsil Bank, but it's actually probably, I, would, I say it's more profitable to have it away, but we're taking 3,000, which, and if we were to have it at Sinsel Bank, it, it would have been a, a 10,000 or an eight, maybe nine nine and 9,500. So actually yeah. you need to see 6,500 home fans. And at the minute, I'm not sure that will be the case, but we shall see because it's sixty forty 60-40 split, I think, isn't it, after that? I believe it's 45-45 and then
2: 10 to the...
1: Yeah, fell isn't it? Uh, okay, you should know you're on the I, fans' supporters' directive. I know. I, know. I, I shall ask the question. Yeah, which will be too late then, because people I listening know. haven't got time to wait for your answer. So <laughs> I'll so, tweet out. There we go. Yeah, you'll yay. tweet out. Follow Charlie at whatever Charlie is at Twitter. I don't know or X or whatever. I don't you're even calling. know. What, I don't even know, know what I am actually? It's brilliant, isn't <laughs> it? That he's renamed it X. Everything's X. But oh. to find it on the internet, you still have to go to Twitter.com. Yeah, yeah. You can't just search up X. No. And also, he yeah. can't remove the block function. Apparently, he was talking about removing the I know. block function. And then he, he had community
2: notes under his own tweet. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: That was what, a, knob. what a knobhead. <laughs> right. So, we're all going to Bramall Lane, or at least I am. I'm actually on jury service. So, I'm going if I don't get a case. Otherwise, I'm going to miss the lift that I have planned. And I don't really want to be leaving Lincoln at quarter six, six o'clock, because it'll be a bit of a nightmare for the for everything. So at the minute we're all going to uh, Bramwell Lane, $3,000. It's an early season treat for Lincoln City fans. I would argue that we've already had a couple of early season treats, as in two 3-0 wins, back-to-back home 3-0 wins. I think somebody tweeted out earlier it has only happened 20-odd times in our history, back-to-back 3-0 wins. It's good. Yeah. Yep. You wouldn't know you would know, who bloody <laughs> Alan Partridge was. You know, yes, I did start trying to research it last night, and then just got bored and went and had a, a, a went and at lamb instead, which was nice. Um, we're in a good place, Lincoln City fans, at the moment. We are looking decent on the field, and we still haven't probably quite hit top gear. We've got a Premier League side in the in the win in the uh, in midweek, and mm-hmm. we're thinking we might go and win it. It's transfer deadline day on Friday, and we're not bothered. <laughs> Nobody bothered. We're not bothered. We're not going, who do we need? What do we need? Because right now we don't need anything. Anything we get is just garnish. Anything we mm. get is just a bonus. It's you know, it's like we've been out for a really nice meal. And after the meal, they're coming around and saying, do you want seconds? We don't need seconds, but it might just be nice. We'll always take the seconds, obviously, but yeah i did actually we went to celebrity chef rachel green's house at um walesby a couple of weeks ago and it was a steak night it's it's, it's pricey per head but she cooks in her own house and so we had this is steak that the one that potato. you put
2: into the group chat
1: yeah yeah oh, we had steak and potatoes guy. and then i'd finished and i put it all down and they came around with would you like seconds <laughs> would i like seconds Was <laughs> a fair shit in the woods rachel load this bad boy up. it's more if it's free yes please would be my yeah, well, response <laughs> yeah it's, it's, my, my dad's a classic because my dad always, he always has this attitude, paid for it, Anna. and on the yep. I got I got married, as you know, twice in the summer and on the, the first wedding, we stayed at the Castle Hotel and three months before the wedding, dad had gone on and looked at the breakfast and saw that you could have as much toast as you want. Not an all-you-can-eat-breakfast, as much toast as you want. And for three months before him, he was going, I'm going to have about eight rounds of toast. Well, I paid for it, I I paid for it, so I might as well have it. It's like, dad... It's warm bread. Do you know what I mean? You can have it Oh, I've paid for it. And when we got sat down and having the breakfast, he had two rounds of toast. He went, right, well, I'm going to have another one because I've paid for it. And that's all <laughs> I ever say now. I've paid for it. I'm having it. Paid for it. And you, dad, you've paid for it. No. You're having it. Too right. It's the only after two to have. We paid for our entry fee at Bank yesterday and we definitely had it. 3-0 win for Lincoln City against Blackpool. Charlie and I will see you at Bramall Lane. And in the Charles. meantime, Charlie. Up the imps. Up the imps. So 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on i follow you've got your mcnugget share boxes on the go your mates already got booked for double dipping but then you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app you in at participate in restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms
0: apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans